Hello and welcome to the Methinks podcast, where we have conversations about history, faith, ethics, and sexuality from the perspective of two Christian graduate students. I'm Maggie, and I study American history with a religious focus. And my name is Joel. I'm a PhD student studying philosophy, specializing in the philosophy of religion, as well as ethics. In our last episode, we talked with Tyler Nyland about justice conversations gone wrong. Tyler is an associate pastor at a multicultural church in Madison, Wisconsin, called Fountain of Life. He's also a staff member with Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership, also based out of Madison, Wisconsin. It's a pretty great place. Last time, Tyler talked about his experience trying to avoid being what he called a self-righteous butthead when conversing with others about justice issues. At the same time, he stressed the importance of having a prophetic voice in a culture that is still waking up to racial injustice. We continue exploring the issue of justice conversations gone wrong. If you've ever been in a conversation about justice and felt like it was going wrong, and you were possibly at fault, please know we can totally relate. Hopefully we can learn from these experiences and continue to have more fruitful conversations about justice. So a lot of what we've been talking about has to do with learning from black Americans and black Christians about their experiences, about injustice, and the, like the importance of learning about um, racial reconciliation from those who have like lived on the margins and who have experienced oppression. It, it makes me think of another way in which I've completely done a lot of my justice conversations poorly mm. and with the wrong sort of posture. Um, and this is something you know we, we've talked about um, elsewhere. I think I have a tendency to over-intellectualize these conversations. Mm. And I think sometimes I go into conversations with people who are maybe skeptical about, say, systemic racism or about gender injustice. And I think the way to win this person over is to have a very intellectual conversation where we talk about history, sociology, stats. And if I can just give them all the right evidence, all the right information, they're going to be like this evidence machine, take it in and have the right like outcome, have the right result. And... For one, there's a problem there because it treats people like they're these like rational machines. It also treats them like they're supposed to immediately be like they're they're immediately supposed to believe everything I'm saying rather than like allowing them to have time to process it. But it also kind of takes like it 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 does something to the people we're talking about that that makes me uncomfortable, right? It's not that we shouldn't have intellectualized conversations about injustice. We need to have those conversations. But they're also like human beings we're talking about and their experiences, their stories, their pain, their suffering, their triumphs matter. And I think it's I think it's just some it's misguided of me to think that the only right way to have justice conversations with people who want to learn is by intellectualizing it. Yeah. Maybe what those people need to hear, because often what has helped me, is just hearing personal stories. Yeah about those who have experienced racism, who have experienced dis- discrimination. Um, yeah, I mean, not everyone's a, you know, not everyone who has these conversations is like a five on the Enneagram, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, and, uh, Enneagram. Enneagram. It's unreal. I'm a six. Often, I'm a six. How often this comes up. It's- I love and it. I just want to say, Keep fives going, are great. I'm a wing five, so like, so no, am I. hey, high five. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I love fives, but look, um, talking about like the hard facts isn't always the way to have these conversations. Sometimes we need to like humanize the issue and talk about the people who are struggling and suffering. And I, honestly, as I've like been thinking about some of these issues, I've there's been a shift in even what I'm wanting to talk about with people and what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think for, for the last, I'd say a year and a half, as I've been thinking about certain kinds of oppressions, I've been doing a lot of theory, looking at a lot of, a lot of like sociology. And recently, I'd say the last three weeks, as like black Americans have come out with their own personal stories about injustice, mm. I've been eating it up in a way that is like humbling me and in a way that's um, affecting change on my heart. Like it's, it's been very good for my soul to hear their personal stories, mm. right? Rather than to just treat them like abstractions um, for like some theory of oppression. So I don't know. No, I guess I, the advice is like don't always over intellectualize these I justice think that's conversations. So good, and yes, I do have another story. Good job, Joel. But it's 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 like directly, directly related to that. It's it's um it was the first time I gave a sermon at Found Life. Oh, dude, um, I love this story. You know, <laughs> earlier I wanted I wanted you to share this with the listeners, but then I was like, it's kind of like a humbling story. So like, it's unfortunately is it the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's the one you're thinking yes, of. I love um, this. So I was uh, I was only a month into my internship. And I was scheduled to preach, which, by the way, I was told later that if, if my seminary did not require me to preach, I was not going to preach in my first month at, a, at this church because you, you don't just show up in the pulpit. You you have to really earn and, and all that. And I really respect that. I think that's great now. But um, I I was a month in. I had never preached in a cross-cultural setting, let alone a predominantly black congregation. Um, as a white male, I was 24, I think at that time, 23, something like that. And I'm standing in front or I'm not standing. I was preparing my sermon and the week that I was supposed to preach, I don't know if anyone remembers, but we had the incident at Easttown mall with Janelle Laird who got, there's a viral video, at least Madison viral video of her being abused by police, um, about kneeing her in the stomach, putting a spithead over her, just all this horrific stuff. And it was on video and the whole community was kind of up in arms about it. And I knew as a white male in, in a predominantly black setting of church that I had to say something about it. I couldn't just completely avoid it. I couldn't just anything. And so I spent all week, I was actually in Romans 8. It was fitting because it was um, spirit groans, right? In, in words that we don't have in a I felt my whole body and spirit groaning because I was just trying to figure out what to say. And so I spent all week and I came up with this theological treatise on how Jesus endures suffering. I had all the right, you know, I thought I had all the right words on, you know, Jesus was was someone who was oppressed by the state. And, you know, so Jesus knows what it's like to suffer. So in the middle of groans, and I just, I just had all of this. And I met with um, Pastor G actually the night before. This is, again, why I say it's important to have people checking. <laughs> um, uh, I was about to preach in like 10 hours, and I went through the whole sermon with him, and I thought I was all good. And then he leaned back, and he kind of had this like smirk on his face, and he goes, hmm, it's a good sermon. Um, it was a white slave owner sermon. And I, the look on my face, I'm sure he probably thought it turned into a ghost, and he's just like, your people have been preaching that to us for years. That is, that is black Americans. We should just accept all the suffering that we get, that we should just take it because Jesus took it too. So just keep taking it. No worries. 
And, and just so the in case the listeners didn't catch that, the uh, Pastor G said it was the white slave, slave owner sermon. sermon. And wow. he and he said from there he looked at me and he said, "You have not once told us anything about how God is upset. You've not once told us righteousness, uh, the the justice and righteousness, God. You've not once told us that there's victory over this." You have not once shared with us anything transparent about yourself and how you feel about this and what your reaction is and how you process this with your people and your family and your this and that. And so he said, so if I were you, I would probably rethink my sermon before I get up there tomorrow. <laughs> and I... I Smoky. Just maybe rethink it. Anxiety destroyed. levels. Destroyed. Anxiety levels through the roof. It was, it was, it was awful. Um, but I needed it. I needed yeah. that to be said to me. And I needed that person who could speak that to me. And um, so then the next morning, not on my own accord, right? Because if it weren't for him saying that to me, I would have gotten up and said something else. And I would have never, I, I would have perpetuated exactly what white males do, which is say, we know it all. And we're here to tell you all what's your experience and how to work through it. And so instead, I, I did the opposite and I spent all night praying and thinking through what it was that I needed to say. And I processed myself and I, I reshaped it. And ever since that day, I think that our, our congregation is, um, they, it, it earned a sense of trust in a sense of statement because I've had people specifically come up and say, we've never heard a white male talk about what they don't know and come up and tell us that they don't know what to do in the middle of this. Is that and, what you said? Yeah. I, I kind of got up there and I was like, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. I, I, to be honest, I have white friends who are talking to me this week and they're bashing this and I don't know what to say to them because I, I have a hard time knowing how to combat it because this and that. And uh, I just, I just got up and just talked about how I didn't know. But what I did know is that God hates injustice and that there is no place for injustice and in, in, in God's kingdom. And, and he is victorious over all injustice and that, yeah. And I, talked about all of that and yeah again the importance of having a mentor that can me. check you yeah that story rocks me so hard Whew. what did you think about that well i mean absolutely i think that one of the things that drives me a little crazy um is that the the church's complicity in mm. slavery in particular um, that is not because I think it's very easy for Christians to say, okay, yeah, but Christians were the abolitionists, right? We were the ones making the argument to end slavery, so we were the good guys, um, and that is decidedly not historically accurate. Um, and just that comment, um, a white slave owner's sermon. There were so many sermons, um, and I honestly believe that those were true Christians who preached that. Like they had so deceived themselves about how morality worked and how God wanted the economic system of America to work yeah. um, that they justified it. And that should make us so cautious about what we don't know and so much more careful about how we read God's word mm -hmm. about these issues. Mm -hmm. um, and to ask that question, I think that's just really important. How does that particular legacy of the fact that God's word was used yeah. against a certain people in a certain way, how, like, we have to be aware of that yeah. and we have to make sure that 
never happens again mm-hmm. as much as we possibly can. Because I think one of the, the issues that comes up a lot is this is a broken world. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just going to be awful. And like, you know, we're, we, we have to think about eternity. It's, it's going to be better there. And that's all I can say. Um, and I think that, well, yes, it's a broken world. Um, and you can care about what's happening in society or not, depending on how much of a separatist you are. <laughs> um, but the bigger thing is there is still also a disease in the church. Yeah. And no matter how much of a separatist you are, you have to care about the body of believers. Yeah. Um, and so I think that story just illustrates that so well. I think I, I think you're right on. It makes me think of, you know, Pastor G always talks about how back in those days um, you had all these white, educated, studied, theologically trained, all of these people who would, who um, who did that. But you also had black individuals who had systemically and oppressively and everything been prevented from reading, who they treated with such horrific pieces and would have, have ne- had never ever been to a seminary or a Bible school or anything like that, but they knew the gospel because they knew who they were and they always stood against, they, they knew who God created them to be because they could theologize better than the white slave owners who had all the education. And so how does the spirit and the role of the spirit play um, and reveal who God is to, and who does he reveal himself to even, even when we, think we've got it all theologically together and we've studied the most um we're in danger if we think that we we have the answers because of that thanks for joining us on the methinks podcast if you wanted to learn more about tyler check out Fountain of Life Church in Madison, Wisconsin. Also, Tyler helps manage a podcast hosted by Dr. Alex G. The podcast is called Black Like Me, and it's a super insightful resource and tool for thinking about race issues. So we highly recommend that you check that out. And here's a little bit more about what we do here on the Methinks podcast. Our journey as Christians, graduate students, and budding scholars regularly leads us to explore questions about ethics, sexuality, history, and faith. The Methinks podcast is an invitation for you to join us in that journey, to thoughtfully engage and wrestle with these questions alongside us. See you next time.